Welcome to the CFITrainer.net podcast. It's been a while since we've done a news roundup, so today we're covering some new research and fire investigation cases. These are two things that we've learned from your feedback that are important to you. Thanks for that. We do appreciate it. And for those of you who have not seen it, there's a window for feedback on this podcast page. Let us know what you're thinking. First up is new research from Imperial College London about the risk of traveling fires in large open spaces like warehouses and open plan offices. Traveling fires move within large building compartments rather than flashing over one room at a time. The new Imperial College London research published in Fire Technology demonstrated open spaces are vulnerable to traveling fires, which burn locally and move across the entire floor over time without flashing over. The research found that traveling fires can cause at least as much structural damage as traditional fires. Imperial researchers designed the largest compartment fire experiment ever conducted called the X-1. In an abandoned 380-square-meter open-spaced concrete farm building in Poland, they set fire to one end of a stacked wood fiberboard latticework fuel bed. Researchers then measured how the fire spread across the 35.5-meter-long compartment. It took 12 minutes for the fire to spread the length of the test area. Speed of spread increased from 0.33 to 16.7 centimeters per second as the size of the fire increased. The fire did not reach flashover. Standard fire codes used in building design typically focus on mitigation measures for fires that move by flashing over one room at a time, as usually happens in buildings with smaller rooms separated by walls and doors. Traditional fire safety requirements and guidelines for new buildings are based on fire dynamics research in small compartments. This research that underpins fire codes does not necessarily apply to large volume spaces over 100 square meters. How fires move in large volume spaces is not well understood. Thus, Imperial College London found that the traveling fire type is not yet adequately represented in fire codes nor considered when buildings are designed. The researchers called for architects and structural engineers to consider protecting against traveling fires when designing open plan spaces. The links on this podcast page on CFITrainer.net will take you to the research report, which includes several photographs of the test burn. Staying with the research theme for a moment, the Victorian Building Authority in Victoria, Australia has awarded a grant to RMIT University to study the fire safety risks of building integrated photovoltaic systems. Building integrated photovoltaics, abbreviated as BIPV, attach to the vertical facades of large buildings to capture solar radiation and convert it to electricity. Studies of the fire risks posed by BIPV are limited. The new research will look at the performance of BIPV in fire conditions and identify the performance and testing requirements to demonstrate safe use. This research will inform standards and guidelines for compliance with Australia's National Construction Code. CFITrainer.net recently released a module on photovoltaic cells and systems. The module delivers an introduction to how voltaic systems work, how these systems are designed and installed, and how to safely interact with them when investigating the scene. The National Institute of Standards and Technology has developed an emberometer to track and size up wildfire embers so we can better understand how they move and ignite spot fires. How wildfires spread through embers is not well understood, and therefore there is little guidance on how to protect structures from ember-driven ignition or determine if an ember might have ignited a structure at a wildland-urban interface. 
Embers, also called firebrands, can travel up to 24 miles before landing and can cause up to 90% of structure fires associated with wildfire events. NIST's Emberometer uses particle tracking velocimetry to assess airborne embers and continuously track their ever-changing behavior. The Emberometer is a capital H-shaped metal stand with point-and-shoot digital cameras housed in fireproof materials on each of its four arms. It is remotely operated from more than a kilometer away. The particle tracking velocimetry uses data from the Emberometer's four points to trace the path of embers as they pass through a two cubic meter area in front of the device. It also reconstructs the shape of each ember from its silhouette captured from each of the four angles. The Emberometer has performed well in laboratory tests at NIST National Fire Research Laboratory, observing hundreds of fast-moving embers in under one minute. Its measurements were verified against the embers once they were doused in water-filled pans. The data captured is visualized in a graph called a firebrand rose. Fundamental research like this forms the basis for practical applications down the road, in this case for fire prevention through building design and possibly fire investigation as well. NIST hopes to test the embrometer in the field soon. Let's go outside the lab now and talk about two interesting recent fire investigation stories. As reported by Amy Golden of Sky High News, investigators believe they have identified the exact tree that was struck by lightning and ignited the Black Mountain Fire in Grand County, Colorado on August 29, 2020. Investigators used pictures, video, drone footage, and mapping data to narrow down the origin to an approximate location. Although they knew there had been lightning strikes prior to the fire being reported, they needed physical evidence as proof that lightning was the cause. Investigators hiked into the identified origin area and worked on the ground to analyze burn intensity and trace the fire back to a tree, showing evidence that it was struck by lightning. Bark and wood had separated from the tree. The tree was split at the bottom. These are two common signs of a lightning strike to a tree. A very clear inverted V pattern at the base of the tree was also observed. When lightning strikes a tree, it instantly boils the sap in the tree's cells, this generates steam that rapidly vents, exploding the tree's cells. This causes physical damage to the tree and can ignite the fire. There are some really striking photos online of the burn patterns in the area of origin and the tree investigators believe was the one struck. We have a link to the news story on this podcast, CFITrainer.net page. A 17-year-old juvenile was arrested and charged in a string of seven arsons outside Fairbanks, Alaska, including the destruction of Two Rivers Lodge. Other properties targeted were the Pleasant Valley Thrift Store, the Pleasant Valley Community Center, the Grange Hall Community Center, a trading post, and two residences. These fires weighed heavily on the local community. Most of the area does not have fire service. Local residents used their own resources, like existing tankers for transporting drinking water, and prepared to deploy them to fight the fires themselves. Moving forward, the community is considering starting a volunteer fire department to meet the area's fire protection need. The break in the case came when investigators spotted a teenager on surveillance footage filling up a gas can prior to the Two Rivers Lodge fire. Search warrants for the teen's home, electronic devices, and vehicle turned up digital and physical evidence of responsibility for the fires. The investigation took months and involved several agencies, including the Alaska Department of Public Safety, the FBI, U.S. Marshals Service, Alaska State Park Rangers, and the Alaska Division of Forestry. 
Tips from the public also provided information that assisted in the investigation. The IAAI is pleased to announce that it has received a new FEMA Assistance to Firefighters grant for the F-20 cycle. We're looking forward to bringing you more podcasts, some fascinating cutting-edge modules, and new tools to manage your fire investigation career. We'll be updating you more on that soon. This podcast and CFITrainer.net are made possible by funding from a fire prevention and safety grant from the Assistance to Firefighters Grant Program that is administered by FEMA and the U.S. Department of Homeland Security. There's also support from the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives and voluntary online donations from CFITrainer.net users and podcast listeners. Thanks for joining us today on the podcast. Stay safe. We'll see you next time. For the International Association of Arson Investigators and CFITrainer.net, I'm Rod Ammon.